Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a great day so far. I am really excited for today's episode. It is the very first episode of 2024 and the very first episode of the third season of this podcast, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And I'm really, really happy that all of you guys have been part of this crazy, amazing journey with me. And Today is actually a really special episode. It was pre-recorded, but I figured that I would make an intro for it right now. It is with guest speaker Matt Bannister, and if you haven't heard of him before, he's an amazing guy. He's a grassroots advocate for the IOCDF, and he has done so much amazing advocacy and just taken so many great avenues to reach a larger population and help out so many of you guys and He's just been such an inspiration to me, and it's been amazing to be able to record this episode with him. So without further ado, I would love for you guys to join us on today's episode. It is a little bit longer, but I think that you're going to love it. All right, so uh, you know a little bit about me, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I, I'm an IUCDF uh, grassroots advocate. Um, I'm very, very passionate about it. I started my advocacy last year um, with the around about now. And okay. it's just changed my life um, big time. Uh, the community, the connection with everything, uh, being a part of the IUCDF. Um, it's just been a revelation. It's been amazing. The amount of knowledge and love and support, I've never experienced it before. So it's it's just brilliant. And my yeah. my uh, recovery journey, like I say, with OCD, um, it's really, really helped. Um, it's really helped immensely. I was uh, at rock bottom a year and a half ago. And finding this community was just amazing. It's just changed everything. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to find it when I did. I thought that, mm. like we all do, I was the only one. I'm the only one going through all these thoughts. Yep. Uh, and when to find out that's not true, uh, and you see like a, uh, so much of a big community that's so loving and accepting, it's like, wow, it's just yeah. groundbreaking. It's so, a great yeah. community. Yeah, it really is, really is. I, I owe a lot to the IUCDF. Um, like I said, big shout outs again, like we were talking about before, like for mm-hmm. Chris Tronsden, Katie Oden, oh my word, and Tom Smalley, of course, uh, Elizabeth yeah. McInvale. They've, uh, they, you, they've all helped my recovery so much. I've just taken everything, all the golden nuggets they've said on the live streams mm-hmm. that I partake on the on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Ethan Smith, too, of course. Um, yeah. It has been incredible um and i've just used it like i love it what katie says with the bring it on mindset um that is just oh it was just a huge i was like yes that makes so much sense then then not to just do like feel the fear factor you can just flip the script on ocd Mm -hmm. and it's just a game changer and like learning self-compassion as well um like kimberly quinlan does so well and katie um yeah it's like wh- why didn't i learn this before <laughs> um, yeah, why is this like it seems yeah. like common sense almost once someone tells you but it's like yeah no, why didn't i <laughs> yeah why didn't i discover this sooner <laughs> it, it, exactly uh, it's so healing like like i love what kim says with it it's like it doesn't have to be 
lovey-dovey stuff or butterflies it can be really like giving yourself compassion for the pain that you're going through and just say that you know it's actually okay we we know what this is and you can accept them feelings coming through but they're like they are temporary and you Mm -hmm. can keep moving forward it's hard but you can keep moving forward and that is a a huge mindset shift and very powerful very very powerful yeah I totally agree. Um, and I think I think the community is really cool, too, because um, I feel like it's very unique in the way that there are so many people actually who have gone through OCD recovery and who are currently going through it, all lifting each other up. And so it's like one advocate you might be able to kind of connect with um, better than another because maybe your personalities match more or, you know, if you need more help in a certain area, then you can there's advocates that do basically everything and i love it it's it's very um positive and it's very like i don't know everybody just builds each other up it's really neat yeah yeah absolutely um again it's like when i reached out to chris when i was going through like my worst same with ethan they just they understood straight away Mm -hmm. um like my severe theme that I was going through in a year, year and a half ago is called visual Teresico CD. Um, okay. If people are not aware of that theme, um, it's known as staring OCD as well. And it can be like all OCD themes, incredibly debilitating. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about it? Because I don't think I've heard sure. about that subtype. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It is, it is a very taboo theme. Um, it's still being researched and still be more treatment for it uh jonathan grayson's wrote great articles about this so okay. if people would like after i've described i would like to look up that i really recommend that same with carol edwards she's brilliant she's got great resources for this uh kimberly quinlan uh, obviously the iocdf as well and ocd if you want to learn more um yeah visual theoretic ocd basically is um, it's being hyper aware and hyper vigilant of people around you, but you are you you are noticing things that let's say you don't want to. So mm-hmm. this will focus on let's say it can be different for different people. You'll start mm-hmm. noticing people more in your peripheral vision. You'll see it as like a danger. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me, uh, it can also do it with embarrassing body part places. And then not everyone's the same with this. It, it can be a pure O form mm-hmm. or it can be really happening. Unfortunately for me, it was really happening. And I have been caught and it, it is very embarrassing because it's the one thing yeah. you don't want to do. It's like saying to yourself, I don't want to look at the pink elephant. You know, I don't want to think yep. of the pink elephant, but what do it's we like do? It's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. Talking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and it just really, it really just latched in big time for this for me. Uh, when mm-hmm. it did, I was, ta- when it, when it first came on with me, uh, I was talking to uh, a female colleague and like we all do, we look, we just like look around the room and we're going to think of something to say, but my eyes just glanced at the chest area. And, mm-hmm. but the thing is like, we normally do, we just look away, not thinking of anything of it. But for me, this is where OCD really kicked in. It's like, you shouldn't have done that. It's very disrespectful. Obviously, I'm someone who is very respectful. I thought everyone treat everyone as equal. Um, and, and that's when it latched in. Because every time mm-hmm. that I spoke to, let's say, a female 
um, I would be triggered every yeah. single time. I'd be like, I would have to tell myself, don't look there, don't look there, don't look there, because obviously they're going to think X, Y, Z of you. Um, and it was a continual process uh, with the rumination nonstop. And that was not just with work. It went on with friends. It went on with family, everyone. It was mm -hmm. really very debilitating. Um, and then it, uh, a couple of years later, it grew more. It went, the same thing happened with men. Um, uh, and it just got so overwhelming. It's like, I can't function anymore. Um, I felt like my brain was broken. Um, it was mm -hmm. like, it's just like, I thought, like, this is so not normal. Why is this happening to me? I just burst out crying, thinking, you know, my life's ruined. How can I function? Talk to someone where, let's say, I have no control of my eye movement because every time I talk to someone, the anxiety comes straight up. It, my, yeah. my brain flags it as a trigger. Uh, yeah. And it's so demoralizing because, again, it's the one thing I don't want to do, but it keeps happening. Um, mm. And the, the thing I did learn is that it doesn't happen as much when I'm comfortable with someone. So it's someone I trust and feel like, let's say it's a really close family member or a best friend that I've known for a very long time. Um, it's not as bad. Um, but it got to the point when I was working, it was getting noticed by everyone. And it, again, I, I could hear conversations about me. Um, it was just the worst. It really That's was. That's so hard. It, yeah, um, I, I just felt I couldn't function. Um, I thought again, like so, I must be all these things are saying about me. I think I'm a monster because, like, why else? Um, the guilt and shame was just unbearable. I, I got to the point where I was housebound. Um, I wouldn't go anywhere because mm -hmm. I thought it's my safe place. I'm not around anyone. Well, it can't happen. That was my <laughs> biggest compulsion was avoidance, pure avoidance. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I, I did reach out to therapy, and it was the best thing I ever did. Um, I couldn't see someone in person, so I had to do talk therapy, but luckily for me, it was a CBT therapist. And they spoke that they did ERP, thinking, great, because at that point, I was researching um, mm -hmm. what ERP was. So I was like, okay, I know this is going to help. Um, and we went through it, we did a hierarchy, um, but the problem is, I don't think I fully understood, again, like, say, what values-based exposure I basically yeah. had the list of doing it in baby steps, which is the right thing to do. But it wasn't like I'm not when I'm doing those exposures, it wasn't really that much value based. Um, I was just really going in the the deep end, have you will, and just trying to white knuckle through the fear to, to habituate yeah. to it. And, and that wasn't working, really, because as well, when I was at work, hearing the stigma I was receiving, it, it, unfortunately, at that point, ERP wasn't doing much for me because when I was doing maybe so well in exposure, it would all come back crashing down because I'm hearing the worst case scenario at work. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did the best thing where I took myself in that situation. I told myself, you know what? I don't deserve to keep going through this day to day, going through the most hellacious cycle. Um, I have a choice and I'm going to choose now to step away and go in sick leave. And that was the best thing I ever did because then it gave me time to heal and to process Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, at that point, th my therapy ended. I only had 10 sessions with the NHS. Luckily, with the NHS, you don't have to pay anymore because it's what we already pay in our national insurance. Oh, okay. uh, but obviously, That's nice. yeah, you need, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, I think really for OCD, you need, I don't know, you know, at least 20, 25 to 30 sessions to 
have real progress in your recovery journey. Yeah. Um, and and again, this is where it came so luckily for me when I discovered the IUCDF and everything changed. The power of the community saved me. I mm-hmm. mean that. I, I thought that when I'd gone on sick leave, there's no hope. Again, I can't function. But when I found the community and I found group Facebook group with staring OCD. So if anyone's going through this, if they're listening to this, you are not alone. Um, it is peripheral vision slash uh, visual teretic OCD. And there's a whole huge community network there that we're trying to do recovery strategies as well as uh, advertise OCD specialists that can really help you through this and really nip it in the bud. So you can really reclaim your life back. Um, and yeah, discovering the community like with Chris, um, Chris explained that he's gone through this as well, not as severely, but has gone through it, but overcame it. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when Chris told me uh, on the stream about that, I was like, wow, it's like he's overcome this theme and overcome so many severe OCD themes. And I'm like, that is the biggest inspirational thing ever. Yeah. Because if Chris can do all of that, it's like, well, everyone else can with OCD too. Like, yeah. I can do it too. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought that was like the biggest thing I needed to hear at that point. It was just so empowering to me. Uh, and again, then I uh, started connecting with Katie O'Dunn on the live streams. And Katie's amazing, such a kind soul. Yeah, she's um, so sweet. Yeah, yeah, she really is. And that was just an incredible moment. She started talking about self-compassion, saying that OCD doesn't define you. Um, I need to hear those things too. Because when you're going through, again, such taboo thoughts, it's like you need to have the affirmation. Again, it's not reassurance, it's affirmation. It's, yeah. it's you know, you know what's truly valid to you. It's your core self um and that you can like be at peace with that and know that yeah this doesn't define me it's the one thing i detest it's the one thing i find repugnant it's ego dystonic yeah Um, yeah Uh, and that is that was just such a powerful thing it changes your mindset completely and then that's how i started to approach doom and let's say my erp differently when when i started to learn about values-based exposures from liz and chris um I put that into practice. I'm thinking, okay, what has OCD taken away from me that I really enjoy doing the most? Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to try and do that again in baby steps. And that's what I did. And with the same mindset of the bring it on mindset. And again, this isn't defined me, not as a form of reassurance or as a compulsion, as really embracing it. It's hard. It's hard because you're still getting triggered. But at yeah. the same time, you, you have a new tool there. You have new tools. And and that really brings that confidence, that motivation to say, I'm going to kick OCD's butt today. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that is so powerful because when you can have and understand it, really understand it and really embrace that, it really helps then instead of white knuckling through exposures, you're instead getting a value from it. Like you have a meaning, you have a why, you have a exactly. purpose. Exactly. And it's like yeah, you and, see you see how helpful it is like not just the discomfort that you're in but you see like the potential that it brings if you really lean into it yeah 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 because we know that um we always have the power of choice yeah and we get to choose let's say how we embrace that moment how we accept those emotions 
and again it takes time and consistency mm-hmm. um but when you when you do when you start doing that and you lean in like you say and trust that process it starts working for you you get those aha moments like oh my word today actually you know what i kind of enjoyed doing that instead of thinking i had to do it i just had to get through it i yeah. actually enjoyed it and that's like whoa that's like not happening for me in such a long time i've forgotten yeah. how that feels and i've it's had such so many of those feeling. moments it's cool that's awesome that's awesome because it's it, it's amazing isn't it when you when you feel when you really feel that it's such again an empowering um, motivational feeling you, you know, it really picks you up to want to do again let's say approach your way of recovery in those baby steps the way you want to do it but you yeah. know that when you've done let's say a really hard thing or a hard thing or even a small hard thing um it all counts it all counts and yeah. you can use that to elevate yourself exactly thank you so much for sharing about that though because i know that you know saying i have ocd is one thing but like kind of deep diving into the subtypes that were the most difficult for you is definitely something that's not easy so i really appreciate it and for all those who haven't heard of um the subtype before i'm sure it's going to be very helpful for them so yeah thank you so much uh you're welcome um there there is there is hope you can overcome you can overcome no matter what obstacle ocd throws at you no matter what theme it is like cases again so well it's the same gross ice cream flavor in so many different yep. variables exactly and, and i love that because it's the same monster and you can find that way like other people maybe approached it you can find your own and mm-hmm. you can do it it is possible and you can put it in remission and you can be in such a great place of recovery where literally ocd really is in the back seat you're yes. in the driving seat like really in and um, even though it tries to come back at the front again tries to knock you off course you can put it back and you always have that power i like to see again uh like ocd is kind of like the bucket from harry potter if anyone's watched yes. that this. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, actually a really good scene. analogy thank you thank you um I love the scene as we know that when you always see, you know, your worst fear is what the bogger shows in front of you when it's open that, you know, uh, that large cabinet you see in the film. Uh, and it turns like, let's say for Ron Weasley, it turns into a giant spider. Um, yeah. Really, he's terrified of spiders. But obviously, when he did his spell and he said ridiculous and changed it to something funny like it's on roller skates, you can laugh. And that's yeah. the same principle we can do with OCD. Maybe it could be not be humor, it could be something else. But you can change you can change the dynamic. You can do a yep. whole new mindset with it. And it, and you can make it OCD's powers diminish uh, a yes. lot. Uh, and, uh, again, it takes patience, but you can do it. Yeah, for sure. And it's like sometimes the tactic doesn't work. Like bringing humor into it is just not working one day so you try something else but i think it's that's the beauty of it is just kind of trial and error and seeing what works for you for that specific compulsion maybe i know chris is really good at this for me if i'm really struggling with something he's like oh yeah you're gonna die so i guess this is like our last session so uh i'll just like say my final goodbye to you now because you know you're gonna go out there and like die so that's great. <laughs> he just kind of brings <laughs> humor into it. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. I'm going to die now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Chris Flat. Chris is such a legend. Yeah. Um, and that's the best way, isn't it? For us to laugh at our worst fear. I mean, how powerful is that? It's just, yeah. that's just incredible. 
Um, and like you say, as with anything, uh, I like it as well in a similar Patrick McGrath analogy. Uh, he calls OCD Pennywise. And, you know, yeah. when you find the courage, it takes time again. Uh, like I say, if you can find humor or you find love and compassion, uh, it's the same concept. You can diminish it. It becomes where it's powerless. It's trying its best to do everything throughout of you, but you can give it a talk to the hand analogy and it can just fade gradually in the background. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 I just love how, like, there's so many different tools and different modalities with therapy that we can just use at any point in time when we learn to understand it. Yes. Uh, you know, like with act base, um, again, with, you know, with the value based exposures, that for me was game changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you say, there's so many other modes of therapy. I know I've been hearing about ICBT. Um, you know, there's so many yeah. new uh, ways of approaching it, which I really, really like. But again, it's like knowing like what we really want to give value to. And when we really learn again, deeply understand of like, try not to give, let's say what OCD is craving to give OCD the value, but instead mm-hmm. we're giving value what actually gives us value, what we want to do in that moment, the here and the now, being the present moment, uh, instead of listening to our fear voice, yeah. um we can be more in that present enjoying what's around us what we're going to surround ourselves in for that moment uh, yeah. and that can be really game-changing i agree and it's it's so neat to see how like i think that sometimes for people looking in from the outside if they've never experienced ocd and what it feels like it's hard for them to realize that we kind of like we know what our values are and we know that this isn't the life that we want to live. And so we still have a hold of that. That's why I think the values-based approach is so powerful because you, no matter how, like how far buried you get in your, you know, in your OCD, you still have those values in the back of your head to hold on to. So I think it's really neat that even though OCD tries to make you lose yourself, you always have that lifeline that can help pull you back out. And you just lean into, you know, looking at what you want your life to look like without all of these struggles. And it's it's just pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally cool. It's like, again, when I when I was at my worst, being around the bottom and not going anywhere, it's like, do I want to live like this for the rest of my life? You know, yeah. and that's with everyone going through uh, whichever OCD theme it is, that answer is going to be no, we don't. Um, so again, the, you know, we always have the power of choice with the door in front of us, but mm-hmm. it just takes giving ourselves compassion and doing it in baby steps what works for us to, you know, to go through it gradually as well, doing it in a compassionate way. As, as you said to me, greatly before times like Jenny um you know with uh, if so, if OCD gets sometimes too difficult or like say when we get um with doing let's say exposure and it gets a bit overwhelming mm-hmm. and you get quite run down with it it's still okay to take a break like you say it's actually yeah. okay I don't have to do continuous exposures I can give myself that respite I can give myself that time to yeah. let's say you know just to refocus re, re um just rest yeah and then and try again in the the future if something is hard and that's fine we're human beings and that's okay too and we can go again 
Yeah, it's like anything. It's like nobody can go to the gym and put in like a hundred percent effort on every single thing. You can't do like legs, yeah. arms, chest, like everything, every single day. It just doesn't work. And I think it's the same for this too. And you also come to appreciate the process more when you realize, okay, well, if I do slack off a little bit, it really does make a difference. And I really do realize myself slipping back into my old habits. And it kind of proves to me sometimes like just how effective ERP is from even just taking a couple of days off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, we, again, like I said, we all need that rest time and to do again, like maybe we're not doing exposures all the time. Yeah. We can do something still right now that's value driven towards us. It's like, you know what? I'm going to watch my favorite TV program, for example. I'm going to watch my favorite movie. I deserve yeah. that. I deserve to give myself, like, you know, that compassion, that self love. Um, even let's say if something is triggering to me on a movie, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to, like, say it's a continual exposure. Let's say for me with BTO, uh, I like wrestling. I, I know um, it, I find it very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, and they wear, like you say, like shorts and what have you, or even football, like soccer. Um, but again, if my eyes happen to dart watching those programs, I, I can say and have the affirmation that this doesn't define me. And I'm going to enjoy this because I've always yeah. enjoyed it. And I'm going to do that. Uh, and then that can help as well dissipate that fear with that. Uh, and you can, again, be enjoying being in the moment, whatever that may be you're watching. Or like, say, if it's an action film, Mm-hmm. Um, or a horror film or anything um, you can just watch that and be like you know what I miss watching this I'm going to watch it today um, yeah. or even like listen to like say your podcasts or uh, you know it can just really relax you and uh, maybe if you're having a, a quite a hard day you can listen to that and that can motivate you and empower you yeah I'm a huge proponent of like trying to find a way to not necessarily look forward to your exposures but um because i don't know that anybody does but like incorporate exposures in something that's super fun for you so like even for kids if they're if they're really scared of like say they're going through social anxiety struggles or something like that maybe take them to an amusement park or chuck e cheese or something where there are people around but you kind of forget about it because you're having so much fun and yes that can be a great way to break the ice into the harder exposures. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's cool to have fun with it, too, and see where it takes you. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like you say, no one looks forward to ERP. Otherwise, we'd be all doing it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But it's like you say, you can do it where you can add again a value. So you mm-hmm. have a why. Of doing that like for me again exactly uh it's like i i miss going to the cinema i'm a huge movie buff big mm-hmm. movie buff so it's like you know what even though i'm going to be triggered because there's people around me it could be really busy at the showing but yeah. i have a reason why being here because i'm going to watch this movie that i really enjoy and same yeah. with the restaurant it's like uh i want to eat here you know i want to be around my family have those conversations i can have a good time you know listen to that and yeah. then like smell the good food coming towards me like oh it's, it smells amazing it's gonna taste delicious i'm gonna yeah. love that chocolate brownie you know stuff <laughs> like that that can just really encourage you just look at it totally differently instead of like you're thinking of the worst case scenario so she's trying to throw at you trying to mm-hmm. give you the guilt the shame and trying to get you away from that place it's like actually you know what i'm gonna stay i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try and enjoy doing what i miss 
even though it's, it's really scary i'm gonna try and drive you on on this and like you say um the fear does slowly start to go down and you can yeah. um start reclaiming your life back and seeing it as an opportunity and an adventure i think for me i look at it that way a lot of the times where i look back and i'm like wow i couldn't have even come close to doing this thing you know three years ago i would have never been able to even attempt it and now i'm just going there and i don't even realize that i'm not anxious till later and then i'm like wait i wasn't even like ocd was not having any part of this whole thing that whole time and that never would have been a possibility only a few years ago and so just taking those opportunities even if they're scary and acknowledging that you know those never would have been possible without the hard work you put in and so it's you deserve to really enjoy those times it's, it's really fun yeah yeah totally like we all surprise ourselves don't we like we yeah. think that oh like, i can never do that so it's way too i can never do that yeah but it's like you can you can do it um and when you do do that like it's, it's such a an amazing feeling because you're like you just thought to yourself it's like like we're saying about the gym and it's like oh i'm not gonna be able to do like that really insane hard workout but the more yeah. we go and work out the more stronger we become the more uh, our cardio builds and it's the same exactly. with the mind uh, and then like yeah. you also surprise stuff like for me uh, a year ago i was housebound but like last year in uh, july I, I went to see a live concert with thousands of people mm -hmm. i would never have thought i'd be able to do that again ever yeah and i did i was like i'm actually enjoying it and uh instead of being in total fear factor like i was just waiting for this concert to be over i'm just gonna look at my phone all the time look at the floor um just be like literally trying tunnel vision um, it's mm -hmm. not like that. I'm like, I can I can just enjoy being the moment and rock out to my favorite rock concert. Yeah. And that was a huge revelation. And I want to like take the time to acknowledge that too. When I was, you know, when we were texting and stuff and I was looking a little bit at your Instagram, it's crazy to me. It it's super admirable that you literally only started treatment, what, a year ago, I think? Something like that. Um it would be about a year and a half ago. Year and a half. And you're already doing advocacy on such like such a high level too. That's that's super cool. That's really admirable. Uh no, thank you for that. Uh, I believe it's like doing advocacy really elevates recovery, in my opinion. I agree. That's for me. I agree. Because when you know that, like when you I do peer support as well and when you connect with others and then you can relate with like how how debilitating it really is it gives you more mm -hmm. of a reason to do these hard exposures exactly like you know to say like i'm here to give you my hand i want to lift you up with me you can climb mm -hmm. this mountain with me uh and it gives you there's so much more of a reason um yes. and as well connecting connecting with the community um doing like you say the, the conferences doing um do um the creative expression which i'm a part of um doing facebook groups all of that it just gives you just a whole new meaning and purpose it's like i kind of looked at like the worst thing that ever happened to me became mm -hmm. my destiny <laughs> um, yeah. and you can really again you can flip the script like you can really just look at it in a completely different way and yeah. it's like we all have the power 
to like really give like when we're ready when we're like somewhere in a good place to recover oh even maybe not maybe we're still going through it but you can still be a brilliant advocate or an advocate because you it's your it's our passion um yeah. you know to to show the world as well as the awareness for OCD but to say to all of the community that you, you can do it you can overcome this there is always a way um and I want to give back what I've I, I what you've all helped me with with like the knowledge um with the motivation empowerment and and, and compassion and to really give that back to the community like give all those tools back um, because it's the most rewarding feeling. Yeah, it's such an amazing feeling to see, like, at least for me, and I've heard Katie say this as well, where I never thought that I would be able to overcome OCD in any form or fashion, much less advocate for other people to do the same. It's It's very surreal. And I think being part of the community and being involved is really powerful because for one, like you said, you help people out. And another way that that's helped me is like, okay, well, if I don't really lean into my recovery, I'm going to go back to, you know, these people who are just starting their recovery. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to go through that again for myself. I want to help other people get through it. But like, if I don't lean into this recovery, and if I let myself just, you know, relapse, then all these people at the conference next year are going to be wondering, you know, where's Jenny, and I'm going to just be stuck in my house. And I don't want that. So it's a very good motivator. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's like, again, it's like, it's a purpose, isn't it for us? Yeah. Uh, and on the best wise ever. And when it when we, and you, we all know that even when we're in a good place of recovery, you know, the relapses are still possible, lapses are still possible. But again, yeah. it's to say to ourselves, like, you know what, even if the worst thing is going to happen, I've overcome it before, I can overcome it again. Exactly. I can absolutely do that. Um, <laughs> and I will. I will find a way. Um, mm -hmm. And I have the community with me now as well, which is a huge game-changing shift yeah and that's what i love because we all motivate each other on we're always willing each other on and yeah. that is the most powerful thing um you know people say as well medication and therapy go hand in hand i believe as well you know support therapy and medication also go hand in hand in hand yeah um, it's just incredibly a powerful tool um and yes and, and like having that in the back of our minds as well like you know what i can do this look how far i've come on my journey Mm -hmm. even though it could be really really difficult um i'm gonna do my best i'm just gonna try and lean in and maybe if you wanted to like a bring it on mindset or like i say just uh lean into that uncertainty even just gradually if it's just a small step just leaning that little bit and yeah. it could be the most rewarding thing you ever do yeah and you never know when the smallest step could make the biggest difference because even a small step is huge when it leads to, you know, it can lead to huge breakthroughs. So I think a lot of people go in with the, not the expectation, but kind of the hope that it'll be kind of a quick thing. You know, they'll go in for a couple sessions and they'll be good. And it is hard work, but I think that you have to allow yourself to go on that journey and allow yourself to take however much time you need. And any any progress is good progress so absolutely and ethan smith says it so well as well with it's like it's uh it's not a race it's a, it's a marathon 
Exactly. Um, that that is so true. Uh, and it can maybe someone could recover and it could be recover like two years. Someone else mm-hmm. it could be five, could be ten. But long yeah. as you get there, long as you get at that place where you want to be, and you will, it doesn't matter what, like I say, how long it will take. Long yeah. as, like I say, you give yourself that compassion to allow yourself that time, the healing time to surround yourself with people who are going to bring you up, who are always going to elevate you, who's going to give you compassion and, yeah. and keep moving forward with that. Yeah. And even like, even on those days when you're struggling and maybe, at least for me, it's like when I realize that I'm not making as much progress as I would like, or maybe I've plateaued a little bit. It's still nice to know that no matter how much I'm struggling, I'm still not letting OCD run the narrative. It's it's like you're taking your life back and you're fighting against OCD and you're living the life for yourself. You're not just taking the back seat anymore. And that in and of itself is pretty special and empowering. Yeah, it, it really is. It's again, to know, to always have that, you have the choice. Like OCD yeah. can will always be in the background. You have the choice what to do in the here and the now. You're the exactly. one. And you can tell that to OCD. OCD is not going to like it. OCD is going to say everything it can in front of you. So yeah. scream anything it can. But we can always, again, have the, like, say, I hear you, but I'm going to do what I want to do today. I'm going to do my values. Even if you could try and give me those emotions of all those really scary feelings, yeah. I'm still going to do it anyway. Exactly. And even if even if I do have one of them days where it is too much, again, that's fine. Uh, and I'm gonna try again next time. Yeah. And one of the good things as well about being a part of this community, um, like when I started the creative side of things, I'll be honest with you, Jenny, my my drawing skills are not the best. <laughs> oh, my drawing <laughs> skills are like non-existent. They're awful. <laughs> oh, my my mine are just horrendous and. Uh, when I started with Erica McCoy um, and I did Rock Your Values for the first time, I actually thought, you know what, this is actually really fun. Um, it's yeah. really uh, different. Um, like I said, I don't draw much or anything. And when I did that and I drew uh, a butterfly, it was really <laughs> nice. It was just nice to connect with someone, but to do something creative with that. So like in that moment in time, we're not really giving emphasis on OCD. We're doing yeah. something that we enjoy as well as connecting with someone. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not like people are going to be like, wow, Matt isn't Van Gogh. It's like, no, you're you're <laughs> participating. You're having fun, you know, and that's that's the whole reason that you, you know, connect in ways like that and in creative ways. And it's it's I think I said this on one of my last episodes, but the more that I go through recovery, the more I realize that perfection is highly overrated. It's like. I don't know if everybody could do everything perfectly, there would be no point. So, exactly, yeah. it's okay to be imperfect. I'm totally with that. I am very imperfect in so many ways, Same. Um, and and, that, and that's fine, you know, and that's fine. Um, and that's again, like you say, it's very empowering. We're not putting pressure on ourselves to always say like this is not good enough. We have to do it again. Have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be like, actually, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm just going to let it be. Uh, Yeah. That's really hard and Mm -hmm. really difficult, but I'm just going to let it be. It's not worth me. Like for me, I used to read messages and reread it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, With like writing the perfect paragraph, the perfect sentence. If if I don't write like this, that person's going to judge me differently. 
Yeah. Um, but that's not always the case. It's like, well, even if I wrote the most shortest words in a message, that person could reply to me the exact same way if I wrote from my mind saying that's the perfect paragraph. Exactly. Oh, man, Chris made me do exposures like that because I had that so badly. Like my writing was <laughs> I remember when I went my first few sessions with him, we write, wrote up my pyramid, you know, and writing was like nearer to the top because it was just so bad and it took me forever i had stopped writing at that point because i just had so many compulsions around it and so i came in and he's telling me you know how he has his clients journal after every day to kind of keep track of their exposures and everything and so he was like okay so um i'm gonna just run to the restroom really quickly just write down i think he had me write a paragraph of maybe it was a narrative or something and he came back and i was like a few words in he's like okay sorry this is at the top of your pyramid but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this one first so just jump <laughs> into the deep end with that one and sometimes it's a necessity too when you know it's just stopping you from making any progress but i definitely I definitely sympathize with all of that. Yeah, and that's brilliant you're doing um, exposures with that to be, again, like to say that actually, you know what, it is okay not to always have everything flawless in that sense, like writing like yeah. a perfect paragraph or pages of four pages, even allowing spelling mistakes and, and what have you. It's like I shared something today on Instagram. I know it's there. I wrote a spelling mistake, but I'm going to let it be there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and just let it rest so no, that's really good because I remember listening to one of your other episodes as well that you was talking about digital hoarding and that resonated me as well because I do that a lot um, and when you mentioned that I was like I still do that I, I didn't realize again that was actually an OCD uh, part of OCD yeah it's oh it's bad my sister was like jenny just delete it i was like but you never know if i'm gonna need this and it's like a <laughs> random picture i took when i was 10 of like a wall <laughs> so it's like for me getting emails like you know, if i don't read it but i know it's like some information that i put them in folders yeah so I, that's it's it. like i yeah it's like for me i've got like two thousand emails you want falling i will read them once soon but i'm going to keep it there and like you say with photos i'm the same too like i will like maybe take three or four of the same picture but i'll keep it because if i might need that maybe something may happen to the other one so mm -hmm. i struggle as well to delete um yeah. you know certain certain content with that yeah actually it's funny because um I had to go through an exposure where I deleted a ton of stuff off of my laptop. And so Chris and I kind of went through a lot of my old schoolwork, like my assignments I, that had already been graded and everything, but I kept them. This was when I was still in doing my bachelor's degree. And so I ended up deleting almost all of my old homework. And I remember like one of my future classes, it would have actually been really helpful to have kept one of those assignments. I was like, man, see, there is there is a purpose, but there wasn't a purpose between or there wasn't a purpose in like keeping all of that stuff. And I think it's good sometimes to kind of push your exposure to the extreme and have to go through a real life like, oh, wow, OK, this kind of is an inconvenience, but it's OK. Like, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. And that 
I don't know. It's just kind of bringing you into reality and saying like, yeah, everything's not going to always be perfect. I'm going to throw away things that maybe I need in the future, but I'm still alive and I'm just fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, that could happen to me. Like, let's say if I have that bowler and today I just leave it all, but there could be like two or three emails in there I could have really used. Yeah. Um, but like, let's say, you know, I could hopefully refine it on another resource on that same website. Or mm -hmm. like you say, when you delete that assignment, which is really, really unfortunate uh, and quite, it would be very frustrating, but you know that you can remake that. You can, exactly. um, you, you never know, you could have even made that in a different way that could be more uh, elaborate or, mm -hmm. you know, more the way you actually liked it more this time. Um, exactly. Without tapping in, obviously, into the, the compulsions or reassurance, you, it's just a whole new thing. But you know, again, that it's not the end of the world. And that's that's the that's the main thing. Yeah. And it's like, would I rather have the frustration of constantly running out of storage space on my computer because I keep all these things for the one chance in like a million that I'm going to need all of these things or would I rather actually be able to use my computer and not have it constantly crashing but like maybe once in a while I realize that oh it would have been kind of helpful to keep this one file I don't know it just seems it seems silly sometimes when I put my compulsions side by side with like okay well if I don't do this compulsion what really will the alternative be and i'm like oh, that's actually not that bad <laughs> my ocd was just making it sound awful exactly it's it's like when you're thinking of it in a whole like new different mindset again isn't it um, yeah it's like what we're we really putting value in right here right now um, yeah um instead of like you say going into the rabbit hole of ocd what's going to give us the worst case scenarios but like you say as well, your PC is going to run better. It's going to be faster. Uh, and you know that, well, I, I would prefer that. I would rather do with that than have, again, even though this could be really important, but I know it's slowing a lot of my my stuff on my computer down. So yeah. which one Which one am I going to lean into? And I'm glad that, like you say, you've got, you know, actually, I'd rather, I'd rather do that. But I'm okay with as well if I do happen to leak some stuff that's maybe very important to me. Um, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. I just have that fear of like, well, one day, especially with photos and stuff like that. It's like one day when it's a gloomy day or snowy day and I'm snowed in, I'm going to want to pull this stuff out and look through all of it. And I look back and it's like, when have I ever done that in my 24 years on this earth? It's, it's never <laughs> going to happen. I'm never going to need that. That's such a good point. Uh, same with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a really relevant point. <laughs> but you never know. I might go home tonight and be just devastated that I deleted thousands of photos of like grass that I took as a kid. You never know. <laughs> you never know exactly. <laughs> it could happen. It may not happen. Exactly. So do you ever go to the in-person conference or do you only do the virtual ones? That's a really good question. Um, my first one was last year, so that was for the online. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very, very fortunate and so grateful that I did it with my friend, Carol Edwards, and also uh, an amazing therapist, uh, Jonathan Grayson. And I'm so mm -hmm. grateful they accepted to um, advocate with me for that visual theoretical CD. Um, this year, I would absolutely love to go to the Orlando conference. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, it's financial. Um, I, I'm not concretely sure yet if I can give that complete yeah. green light. But absolutely, if money was no issue, I would be there all the time. Um, yeah. So hopefully this year, this I should be able to. Um, this, uh, and uh, yeah, and get to see you all. It'd be an amazing experience. I'd love to go as many as I can to the in-person conference to be more involved with that. I think yeah. I mean, both are special, but I think being in person as well to really be there and to be with a full community is just incredible. I've never really experienced that before when you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're around so many people that get it. Um, and I think the good thing is with the UK as well, um, I'm glad that OCD Action is starting to do conferences on the maybe I've been doing for a while, I've just not been aware, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the UK have the opportunity too, and hopefully that I can expand to like Europe uh, okay. to hopefully like Asia and maybe you know Middle East all of the world like in Australia I know yeah. um Lee Shepherd she's done amazingly well with that she's created OCD Western Australia which is amazing um so totally cool. uh, is it really is I totally absolutely kudos to her for that respect her for that um that's gonna make a huge difference to Australia uh, and to the southern hemisphere and it's just to keep growing it. This is why I love being, again, a part of the IOCDF, is that mm-hmm. you really get to be a part of, like, being with that movement, that you, yeah. you can be that ripple effect that can, you know, change a lot of things. Um, so it's great to see that. And hopefully one day, maybe you could come to the UK, you know? And, that would be uh, cool. Chris that, that would be so awesome. Chris went for a BDD conference, like, a month or two ago, I think so yes he did yes i remember him mentioning it yes yeah i was jealous but you know it's all good i'll get him back one, <laughs> one day. day yeah one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the uh, in-person conferences because i've done both in person and virtual and i will say the in-person ones they just hit different somehow it's it's something about seeing so many people and that's what really strikes me too those people with PhDs, you know, who who don't even have OCD, but are part of this community, they're so open and willing to help you. And that's something that you don't really see in other communities, I feel like. A lot more people are more closed off or reserved or, you know, sometimes people act like they're too good to talk to you. And I've never experienced that here. It's It's very open and collaborative and everybody's just genuinely there to help each other. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, it's so nice. That's what I love about our community as well, is that, you know, with the people like, again, like Jonathan Grayson or Patrick McGrath, yeah. you think, how have they not got OCD? They know so much about it. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, you, know, you know, it's not a textbook. I mean, they really, really understand. And yeah. it's so great. It's so validating. Uh, and you feel like, say, they, they will talk to you like an equal. You don't feel like you say that you're outcast or anything like that. They will talk to exactly. you like a human being. Uh, and that's what it's all about. And I love that. I mean, everyone I've connected with in the OCD community, it's just been amazing. There's no like ego or anything like that. Um, yeah. They will just talk to you like a human being. And, and that's what all that matters. Um, yeah, it's just great. I think it's so cool. Like, to me, it's just, I think it's a great way to also cultivate more more advocacy and spreading awareness because 
at least for myself, it's a huge deal when somebody agrees to come onto my podcast because I'm just this little nobody here who, you know, asked these lead advocates who've been doing this for years and years and they they act like they're so honored and it's, it's really cool because I think it really encourages those grassroots advocates and, you know, the younger generation coming up to really get involved. And it's, it's just so neat to see everybody's progress. We're on the journey together. Absolutely. Like we're, we're all united and you're definitely not a nobody, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you're, you're awesome. <laughs> no, you are awesome. You're awesome. Um, but no, I totally know what you mean. I think it's like as well, they understand like where they were in the beginning of their journey. And it's like yeah. giving back again, isn't it? It's so, so nice. Like again, for me to do, um, be a part of the conference with Jonathan Grayson and Carol Edwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I feel like well, I'm just a, a nobody from Filey in the UK. <laughs> a small no, but you're, you're so involved though. It still, it blows my mind. I think that's so cool. Like one day I would love to speak at the conference, but I have no clue what I would even do. Like, I have no clue what talk I would do, but I think it would be cool to do some grassroots advocates doing a talk. That would be pretty cool. That, that would be so cool. And I think you'd be amazing doing a talk. You're so well-spoken. You know, you're so knowledgeable. Um, and, you know, you could even do your podcast live at the conference. That would be awesome. Okay, that that would be cool. That'd be really cool. We should totally do one together one day. Yes, yes, that 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 would be amazing. Um, but I agree with like it'd be it'd be it's great that now uh so many grassroots advocates, as you probably noticed, uh, are coming up now. It's really mm-hmm. nice to see that and, and to just keep spreading more awareness. Um, because it's nice as well for the public to again get more information about OCD as we know it's not about just cleaning it's not just about um you know so many different like contamination I know it's a big thing uh you know even hoarding it's so much more as we know it's so much more than that and even before like I got involved in the community um I didn't even know what again I was going through was OCD yeah and it's probably a lot yeah it's like it's probably a lot of people around the world who have OCD have no idea. This is because mm-hmm. the, the information where they're from, unfortunately, um, is not that great. The resources are not really there. And then mm-hmm. it's great that, you know, we can help try and change like, this podcast right now. Um, hopefully someone in the, in the public who maybe is going through OCD, maybe not, um, can listen to that and check it out. Like, wow, you know, I never I never realized this was what OCD really was. Exactly. Um, and and that's a huge thing again. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that even with the stereotypical, you know, cleaning, organizing, that type of thing that's portrayed in society, it's still portrayed wrong, though, because, you know, society always thinks that people's motivation to do those things is because, oh, they just like to be clean. They just like things organized when they don't realize that it's it's torture the whole thing is you know you're anxious the whole time and they see it almost as a superpower and i've had people where you know i've opened up to a couple people over the years and you know just said i really struggle with ocd and there are people who laugh they're like that's not they don't think it's a genuine struggle when they don't realize just how debilitating it can be so spreading that awareness i think can really open a lot of people's eyes 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had people come up to me before, um, like, so are you really neat um, with the OCD? Um, yeah. Like, say, with checking. Um, and yeah, there are parts of OCD, but like I say, that's just nowhere near the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, it's like, so, so many more variables. It's like people asking, like, oh, can you come clean my room or something? And I'm like, mm, I have to clean my own room. My room is so messy all the time. <laughs> it's just... So, yeah, you go and clean it yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's like good, asking I mean, somebody who has a heart attack, it's like, could you clog my artery too? I would love that. It's not, <laughs> you just don't yeah, say that. Exactly. Yeah, you just don't do it. It's like, oh, you've got a brain tumor. Can I have one too? You know, it's, yeah, exactly. uh, you just don't say it, do you? Um, and this is why it really needs to be established. I mean, luckily in the UK, uh, I've not really seen many people because I know uh, with the Chris, with Christmas festivities, um, people say, is it, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was it obsessive Christmas disorder? Um, yes. And like those people just don't understand. They just have no yeah. idea. They like you say they think it's a cool quirk. Uh, yes. They have no idea if they experience those CD maybe just for one day. They'd be like, I'm not wearing that jumper anymore. I'm not gonna wear that. You know, because they too yeah. then they can maybe hopefully understand. And it really does need to change with that. And I think as well in the future, it'd be nice to have where you can like say what we do with advocacy and to really bring that on like you know with the more of a, uh, if when it comes to that like say more tv appearances more radio um mm -hmm. any way or form like even i was telling my friend about ocd because he was the same as me before i knew really what it was all about um you know he's actually learned now let's say the differences with ocd and maybe ocpd and i think yeah. that's great to hear that, that he's actually listened to me and took that on board uh, mm -hmm. So that's nice that, you know, when you can advocate like that, um, you you are spreading more awareness. Exactly. And I think that advocacy is a great way because sometimes I tend to get annoyed and frustrated, especially with the, you know, obsessive Christmas disorder and stuff like that. And I remember a year-ish ago, um, <laughs> I walked into work one day and one of my coworkers was wearing one of those sweaters. And I was like, hey. oh, no. And so, but I, I took a step back and I kind of explained it to her just in a very, you know, kind, understanding way. And it's, I think it's helpful, at least for me, to realize that a lot of people have, they don't have any harmful intention behind it. They just genuinely don't know. It's like literally if somebody were to tell me, hey, could you not laugh when I get the hiccups because it's actually excruciatingly painful or something like that. And then I'd be like, oh, I, I never knew. Exactly. It's do it's doing it where, like you say, where we can do it in a compassionate way, and then yeah. that person's really going to take back from that. Not thinking, whoa, this person's just come on, come all down on me, and like a ton of bricks. Um, you, we can do it in like a nearly nice, softer approach. And that person, oh, I apologize, that I didn't realize, and then you know yeah. they'll do something else. Again, like if I was wearing a different brand of clothing, and um, I didn't really know the true meaning of it. And then someone came up to me and say, you know, this is what that actually means. I probably then would not wear it again because then I know yeah. that it's actually offending people. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you should come to the conference this year. And for anybody that's listening, um, you can go to the GoFundMe for uh, sending Matt <laughs> to Orlando. We <laughs> <laughs> should start one. <laughs> I love that, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> 
I will try my very best to come. It would be amazing to meet you, to meet the community. Um, it will be one of the best, most memorable things. So I'll do all, all I can to make that happen. And, uh, and thank you again for uh, bringing me on the podcast. I super appreciate it. It is a massive honor. Uh, I listen to yours all the time. Uh, and you're, you're an amazing advocate and you do a lot for the community. And again, it's just a huge honor. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. It's been really, really fun. And I really appreciate all that you do as well. And I look forward to connecting more in the future and, you know, getting more involved in the community together and with more people. And if there's OK, so how would people reach out to you if they needed to or at least see because I know you mentioned your YouTube channel. Do you mind just saying the name of that one more time? Sure. Um, my YouTube channel with Carol is called OCD Visual Advocates. Perfect. Um, we're planning to do more content soon. So we are going to release some more. We've had a bit of a break, but we are going to continue on with that. Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram as well. Uh, my Instagram is Matt underscore Bannister 27. Uh, I can't remember my Facebook tag. <laughs> uh, you can type Matthew Bannister and uh, hopefully you'll find me. Um, <laughs> or you could see him you know, at the conference in Orlando. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just meet me in person. We'll, we'll just connect and have, a, and have a chat and have some good vibes. Yeah. And also I'll post those links in the description of the show notes as well for anybody who wants to see those and... I'll probably forget anyways, so a link is always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much. Um, it's been super fun. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Anytime, Jenny. And I'll have to get you on my uh, YouTube channel as well, and we can do on there too. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Sweet. All right. Well, everybody have a great rest of your day, and I will see you guys. Not see. I'll... I'll I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. <laughs> okay. Thank I'll you, everyone.